Welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. Uh, Chris and I just got through having lunch together with our team, and so, Chris, it was actually good to see you at lunch. Hey, man, it's good to see you, too. Uh, that, lunch, that lunch was a good deal. I, I don't know that yeah. I feasted like that. Uh, in a long time. Darren, I'm sorry you missed it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, joining uh, Chris and I is Darren Clark. Darren is the graphic design specialist in the, uh, the groups area, uh, in particular for the ongoing curriculum. Uh, and so, Darren, thank you for being a part of this uh, podcast. You are welcome. And it's an honor to join such two incredible dudes. Yeah. And you guys are going to think you're going to think it's funny. Okay. Chris and our editors, what in the world are we doing talking to a graphic designer about Bible study? Well, I'm glad you were wondering that. Cause let me tell you <laughs> as a graphic designer, Darren's heart is so much in the studies themselves. He is, uh, I mean, he's, he's just not focused on pictures. He's truly fo- focused on the message. And Darren, I just really appreciate and value uh, that what I'd call that extra mile you go as you look at these Bible studies with us. Yeah, we always, I mean, we're always trying to, you know, come up with the most compelling visuals and designs and layouts and all that kind of stuff. Um, even colors that uh, plays into like emotions and response, but just trying to get the most to enhance, uh, you know, what's being taught in the content and, and sync up to, you know, move and to inspire people as much as possible. Cause you know, you know, sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words, right? You know, that's right. That's what they tell us. <laughs> that's what I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are continuing in our study on the 10 commandments. Um, we're looking at, uh, all of the Ten Commandments uh, over over a six week period of time, and then uh, we we also look. We've entitled these this study uh, after God's own heart, so that we're making a connection with David and his life to these Ten Commandments. So we've looked at some Psalms together, and we've looked at some experiences out of David's life. We're going to do that again today. So uh, t- today's lesson focuses on. Um, uh, honoring marriage and the importance of doing that. So uh, we will be looking at um, the commandment, do not commit adultery. Sadly, we're going to look at a, a uh, negative example in David's life where he did not follow that commandment and some of the uh, results and repercussions of that. So uh, we're, we're, we're t- I appreciate the fact that Lynn has uh, encouraged us through this process to restate uh, the commands in a positive way. And, and so one of the points that we're going to talk about is we are to honor marriage uh, with faithfulness and purity. So Tony Evans is the author of our study, and uh, he, he, he goes back really to Genesis 2, uh, where, where God says um, about Adam and Eve coming together, uh, that a man would leave his father and mother and cleave or join with his wife and the two will become one flesh. And, and so he talks about uh, this union, this covenant that takes place uh, in, a, in a man and woman's life when they come together as husband and wife. Uh, he talks about the, he uses two terms that are interesting to me. He talks about that there is some discontinuity when a couple gets married because uh, they're moving, they're separating from their families. That's that leave part of that. It's interesting to me that he says that the husband is to leave his father and mother. I think in our culture, the struggle is more on the, the female side of that. 
I don't, I don't mean that sex, but, but it, the principle is still the same. What do you guys think? I agree. It's, it's so funny you even say that because we're, we're I, I, you know, I'm kind of on vacation right now and we're at, at my, um, my in-laws and my mother-in-law was talking about that very subject this morning about how there's this, the guys can easily just leave and kind of get, you know, you know, cleave to the wife and then even to that side of the family, because there's this like bond that's kind of still remains between the mother and the daughter. Um, and which sometimes can be good, but sometimes it can be unhealthy. And so then I, I agree with you hundred percent. I've seen that in friends and I even seen that in our marriage at times, how that has played out. So yeah, I, I agree. The other side of that is, Chris, where you, where you left us was, you know, he talks about that discontinuity, the way that, uh, you know, marriage, you break from your families. But he also talks about the continuity, just the opposite of that, which is the idea that a couple, it, they're going to continue on this magnificent institution that we call family. Um, and they just kind of keep it moving forward that way. Continue the same principle about family. And so that's what this uh, principle uh is we're going to deal with, and it's the commandment. It's the commandment, do not commit adultery. Now, that just kind of starts out just pretty blunt and pretty harsh. But as, as Chris has reminded us, I want us also remember the positive side of that. There's a sense of, yeah, do not commit adultery. But if we can state that positively, it's the idea you need to be faithful. One man and one woman uh, in a covenant of marriage that's faithful for their lifetime. Very good. So we're looking at Exodus 20. Um, do not commit adultery. Yeah, do not commit adultery. That's, you know, I mean, I, I think everybody's heard that verse before, but obviously when you get into the New Testament, I mean, it, it's when Jesus says, even if you look at a woman or look at look upon somebody with lust, you're committing adultery in your heart. And it's like, that's the one that's always, you know, nailed me. Um, I mean, this because this is like, whether you're, that, that doesn't mean if you're only if you're married, that's is married or single, you know, if you do that, then it's just as bad as committing adultery, adultery, like in your marriage. And so, you know, one of the, one of my favorite evangelists, Ray Comfort uses this at one of these, uh, this law here in order to help people to understand that, you know, you know, what the sin is and that we all, well, I mean, I think everybody who wants to be honest about this has committed this sin um, and when, when I think about it, it's like, my gosh, it's, it's something that, you know, you, you can struggle with, you know, all your adult life. And it's a matter of like how far, how, how, how much you fight against it, um, in order to not let it be something that, that happens in your heart and through your eyes, you know, even on a daily basis. And, and obviously with as, as rampant as pornography is, um, you know, it's those kind of things. It's that, it's even just that, that look that you have upon somebody that is that lasts longer and goes further in your mind than it should. I mean, it's just, again, the thing, it, it just, it convicts you very clearly because God has given us all a conscience to know like, yes, you know, this, what Jesus said was true. Um, and, but the, the thing I love about it though, when I've heard people talk about this is, you know, like I've heard people who, who kind of, you know, argue the opposite side of like, well, how, how bad is that really? Like when you, I've seen people talk right. to non-believers, well, how bar, you know, I'm just, it's just a look, it's just a thought and everything. But when you get into understanding, again, you talk about the positive sides of these laws, it's like, it's not all this like condemnation. It's like, I love how people I've heard this, you know, some people say like, you know, God gives us these, these guidelines and these rules. It's like, you know, if you have a, if you become a, a, a new driver, it's like there's rules to the road. You obey those rules, those laws, if you will, 
well, then they'll protect you. They're there for your benefit. And to me, it's like, that's how you look at this kind of stuff. It's like, and with my son, my sons, I have four boys. I mean, and three of them are of age that they understand sexuality and everything. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time. And against their, you know, constant temptation of, you know, the sexual aspect of things in this, in the world that we live in and the, the bombardment of it. And, um, we, you know, they understand very clearly because we talk a lot about it. Like, you know, even, you know, in your mind, as you kind of entertain these thoughts, it's like, you've got to stop them. You got to fight against them because they're only there to like, as, as a tool of Satan to tear you down and to, you know, create this impurity in your, in your spirit. Um, Darren, you're doing a good thing by talking to your sons about that. Because I think for me, this is part of the challenge of a group discussion of do not commit adultery is what the world's view of it. Now, granted, by and large, most of the people that come to a Bible study group, (laughs) they're going to agree, yeah, it is wrong. And even as you brought in the New Testament passage where, where Jesus said, even if you look lustfully, but we live in a culture that's just bombarded with images that that, that, um, and storylines that justify adultery. Mm. And that's what makes it hard in the, in the churches. We want to come and talk about this from a biblical perspective, yet we're being so fed a whole different viewpoint. And that's especially true for our young adults, our, young, our, our kids. I think that's accurate. I think one of the things that, that I appreciated that I saw as, as we were look, working on these uh, lessons and these resources, uh, Tony Evans makes the case that um, in, in the bond of husband and wife coming together, he, he, he talks about there is a chemical um, reaction that happens in our lives when we become one flesh, when we become husband and wife, that, 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 that is almost a, uh, a physical response that is a, a gluing together or cementing together our relationship. I heard Mike Glenn talk about this when he was doing a resource for young adults several years ago. And I think for, for a lot of our readers, some of that, that idea of, uh, of that cementing or bonding together, um, the dynamic that Tony Evans raises will be new to them. And I think it's something that is probably is a good conversation to have so that when we understand that when adultery happens, it tears apart a bond that God has put, God has glued these people together. He has cemented them together because of their relationship. And when you uh, commit adultery, you, you actually tear that bond apart. And I just thought that was a strong point that he made. There is a good question here uh, that's in, in our resources. What are the benefits of following God's standard for purity and faithfulness in marriage? And again, we need to remember, even though it says do not commit adultery, I mean, there's an emphasis on the negative. God did that for our benefit. And so I think there's value when you get in your, when, when, next time your group gets together and you're looking at this, talk about, okay, what are those benefits when we do remain faithful to one another? Great place to great place to go with that conversation. And those kind of questions, I think, are very beneficial for our groups. Right. Next, we look at David's experience. Most of our folks will be familiar with this, but we want to talk about what happens when uh, uh, in David's circumstance where he made the decision to commit adultery. So we want our. Uh, from a positive perspective, we, we want to encourage our group members to focus on guarding their hearts, uh, guarding their uh, relationship, guarding 
let faithfulness and purity be what uh, guards our hearts. I'm reminded of the passage in Proverbs 4, 23 that, that tells us what this is what you do. You got, you have to guard your heart. It's exactly what you were talking about, Darren, in the culture that we live in with, the, um, with the emphasis on uh, pornography and sexual images. Uh, we have to help people learn how to guard their hearts from these things. Now I know that you've done some stuff with men's ministry. I know you did a resource with Joe Gibbs several years ago when we were working in the same area. Um, have you, you want to talk about some of those kind of experiences where you've talked about things that men can do to guard their hearts? Well, I mean, I think a big part of it is accountability. I mean, it's, it's having somebody, at least one dude, you know, um, or do that, a lady. I mean, it's, it's, this works both ways. It's not just men and, you know, it's women too. I mean, to have somebody that you can go to that, um, that you can totally be honest with um, and, not be, and not to feel a sense of judgment. I mean, and I, I mean, I love in the scriptures, like how it says, you know, we're, we're, we're to confess our sins to each other daily, you know, and that to me, you know, is a part of guarding your heart because we know that we, you know, it's a daily bombardment, but to have somebody that you can go to. And I've encouraged, like I, I lead, um, they're now seniors, senior boys in student ministry. And I've been with them for, um, gosh, about three, four years now. Um, you know, I, I've told them over and over, I said, guys, listen, you know, if you're, if you're tempted, um, and you need, you need prayer like in the moment. You don't have to, you don't have to call. You can just text me, text a buddy, text somebody, just say, pray for me. And it doesn't, you're not even have to go beyond that. It doesn't even have to be something, you know, elaborate where you got to just pour something out. You know, it can be as simple as that to say, and then you just kind of know like, Hey, you know, he's struggling right now. I'm going to pray for him. Um, I think to me, that's one of the best things is that you can find somebody you can be completely honest with and, and just know that they've got your back whenever you need it. So just knowing you have somebody like that is huge, I think. Well, David is this guy that is a king. He obviously had a lot of people surrounding him. He had the possibility of maybe having somebody that he could reach out to. But in this moment of weakness, he doesn't. He was trying to hide it. You might be thinking, because like, I, I always struggle with that. It's like, he must have known, right? He must have been convicted. Like, this is wrong. This is not right, right? I don't know. I think uh, I think he is is the king. I think he's in a moment of weakness. I think lust took over, and he just acted on it. You know, it's good to be the king. I can do what I want to do. Yeah, and, just look uh, at what the passage says. You know, of course, the kings are off to war. This is Second Samuel eleven. One evening, David got up from his bed, strolled around on the roof of the palace. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, a very beautiful woman. Now, right there, that could be just a oops accident, you know, didn't mean to see that, you know, but it's kind of like that, that idea that it's the second look that gets you in trouble. But David sent someone to inquire about her. That's when he got in trouble. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he obviously um, was overwhelmed by these feelings and acted on them. Um, you know, we don't have any clue as to if he thought about anything um, that obviously didn't think about it enough for it to change his actions. And so this is why he's a good example for us to look at. This can happen to the best of people. This can happen to somebody who is known as a man after God's own heart that that they can be overwhelmed with this kind of temptation and act on it. And so uh, I, I, my hope is that as we talk about that uh, in groups, that people will, will be honest about their, their situations and struggles that they have as well. 
Yeah. And here's David. Of course, he's the king. He's on his roof. And, uh, you know, the, kind of an interesting situation he's in. Yet for us today, I would argue it is ridiculously easy to be on your roof and see a woman bathing. I mean, I'm talking about pornography, how easy it is to just to uh, – to launch to to see it uh, because of the internet uh, even sometimes just to unintentionally see it uh, and that t- and all of a sudden if you're not prepared or have that uh, that kind of that accountability as Darren was talking about bam you're caught off guard uh, and uh, you go down a, don't go down a wrong path uh, that's a hard issue I think for so many people today well it really is and it, it gets us back to the issue of why it's important to be proactive to guard our hearts uh, to be intentional about that uh, so that so that when the temptation comes or when it sneaks up on you out of nowhere that you have done some things intentionally to prepare yourself what do I do when this happens obviously David didn't he he, he saw her liked what he saw and said I want that well, I think too, I mean, you have to, what I see is it's, it's the, it's that little pebble that just kind of rolls and gets bigger and bigger because it's not just a simple, like, Oh, he, he just, you know, got the feels and, you know, just, you know, I committed adultery. Like if you want to minimize that, but it's like also kind of an abuse of power. Cause like Chris, you said, like, it's good to be the King. It's like, maybe she felt pressured into it because, you know, this is the King and like, how can I say no? And, you know, so there's all, it unravels. I mean, and again, that's goes, again, it goes so, it goes back to so much the importance of guarding your heart at all times because it, it, it can so quickly unravel and, and, you know, fester and just build into so many other things that, I mean, that's why you just got to run. Like it says, run from this temptation, run. You know, it's so powerful to say run and flee from this. Right. So we see with this, uh, if we kind of stay just the opposite of what David did, there's a thing for us to let our faithfulness and purity guard our thoughts. Mm-hmm. But as you look into the next section, you, you carry that idea further and go, faithfulness should also include honoring the marriage commitment of other people. Now, here's David, as we, as we saw there, he asked, who is this woman? Now, in verse, uh, you continue in verse 3, uh, he was told, isn't this Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam and wife of Uriah the Hittite? Now, I think the reason those names are mentioned, because David knew these two men. So it was, and he may have even known uh, Bathsheba just because uh, he knew he knew her husband. He knew this, uh, this, uh, daughter, this uh, father. Uh, we don't know. But the idea is that he is to honor the marriage of, of someone else. Yeah, and to me, what I think you know, stands out with, with that is that there is, there's, I think God gave him plenty of opportunities to back out and to not you know, follow through with it. You know? um, I don't, this just didn't happen in, a, in just a quick instance. I mean, there is, it was like he allowed those thoughts to linger and to continue to, you know, drive him in, in every decision point that he had to make either get in, get out of it right here, right there, you know? So I appreciate the fact that you mentioned that Lynn. I think that it's important to, for us to note that uh, how quickly these things can happen. And I think it's important for our groups to have these conversations because it doesn't matter the age of our groups. Mo- most of the groups that uh, for our listeners um, who use Bible studies for life, most of these people um, are, are in um, Bible study with, um, with other couples, with other people who, who are uh, 
possibly in, in the same situation as far as being married. And, and it's important for us to hear that um, we need to honor the, the relationship, the marriage relationship of others in this. I, I you know, when I, I think when I first looked at these outlines, I was like, you know, what is it, how important is that? Really, really is important. Uh, this, this is a big deal. And I, I'm glad that we, we made this an emphasis. It's important that we look at this, this lesson. I think it's going to be a healthy conversation that's going to occur in our groups this week as we look at this command. I think most of us have had friends, family members who have gone through uh, the pain of divorce, the pain of separation because one partner in a, in a couple made the decision to commit adultery. It's so horrible to go through and churches really struggle with how to handle these things. And um, so it's important that we hear these words and, and know the importance of the significance. If we look uh, at uh, all of second Samuel 11 and 12, we see the implications and the results of David's, sin and how it impacted many people, uh, even for generations. That's God's judgment on David that the sword will never leave your family because of this. So uh, painful when people make this this mistake, when they commit this sin. And uh, it's important that we talk about it. So I'm glad that you're listening to our podcast today. Uh, I hope that you will um, appreciate and honor the marriage relationship that you're in, that you will value others' uh, relationships as well. Uh, we want to talk specifically to those of you who are leaders about some things that, that will hopefully help you um, in your work. And again, thank you, Darren, for being a part of this uh, today. Sure. Uh, appreciate your work. Man, it's an honor to be with you guys. I love it. Thanks, Darren. We're wrapping up the study of the Ten Commandments. We're going to be doing this again next week. But after that, we're going to be starting a new study uh, called All In, and it's looking at what it means to have a life of commitment. So now I realize we're still two weeks away from that, but we provide a video that you can use with your group and with guests as a promotion to say, hey, we're going to start a new study why don't you come join us? It's a 60-second video. That's all it is. It's not long. Uh, but And uh, the beauty is you can share this anywhere you feel led to share. You do not – you have full permission uh, to put it on your uh, a church website. If your class has a Facebook page, you can send it out in emails to guests, visitors, anybody. But it's a 60-second way to capture their attention and say, we're going to talk about commitment. And so we want you to be a part of this study. Where can you get these videos? I'm glad you asked. You just go to BibleStudiesForLife.com, and you'll see a button there that says Extras at the top. Uh, and I think it'll be something like Adult Extras. When you go to Adult Extras, you'll see a big box over on the side about that um, should mention the promo of the videos. Uh, if you even go to Extra, uh, you'll see uh, for leaders where you can see some teaching tips. There's a place right there where that promotional video is made available. Again, you just download it. You can use it however you choose to use it. And it will be a great way to uh, get your group interested in, in participating in the next study. Hey, Chris, why don't you take a moment and inspire us with one of your wonderful teaching tips? So many of our listeners uh, lead groups or are part of groups. And I want to encourage you to be an advocate for using discussion questions uh, when you're teaching. Most of us would say, 
I don't want to be in a lecture situation. I want to have a conversation. I want I want there to be a, a free flow of conversation. I want there to be discussion. And we have worked to create discussion questions. Uh, you'll find them in the in the material. But we've also uh, provided some extra questions uh, in extra if you want to look there at some other possible questions to ask. This is not always an easy conversation to have. We've, we've, we've rolled through this talking about it from our life experience and from, our, from what we have known from men's ministry and other things. But sometimes having this kind of conversation with a group that only gets together occasionally, the talking about the personal struggles that we might have with, with the temptation to lust um, may not be the kind of things that people are going to talk about easily. We have created these discussion questions so that the discussion questions almost teach the sessions for you. You ask leading questions to get people to talk so that it, it feels natural and normal. And there, there's not the pregnant pauses of, you know, who's going to talk. We hope that we've created questions that will cause people to be able to immediately respond um, out of their experiences and talk about things that have happened. and. Uh, how uh, how they have dealt with uh, the, with these kind of temptations in their lives. So we hope that the discussion questions create an environment where people easily talk about these. And if you're a group leader, it may be that this is this may be a lesson that you would want to definitely lean on the the, the discussion questions. Uh, you may want to. Uh, if your group doesn't always talk a lot, you may want to share with one or two people in your group and ask them to respond or be prepared to respond when, when this question is raised to kind of cause uh, some spontaneity to then come out of the other group members. But uh, take a look at the five discussion questions. If you have the leader's guide, there are some already some alternatives in the extra. There's some other questions that you could ask if you feel like they would work better. Uh, I know of people who, who essentially teach the lesson based on the five questions and find that it works fabulously, but it, you have to be intentional about it. Chris, there was one time I showed up. I, I was not a teacher at this particular church, but uh, I just showed up and being a part of Bible study group. And the teacher had a substitute because the teacher was going to be out. The substitute forgot to come. <laughs> so we're literally sitting there with no one to lead the group. So I opened the book and I walked him through the Bible study using the five questions. Uh, I mean, I really did. Of course, it helped that I was familiar with the study like this would have been about David and Bathsheba. But really, I just I just ran with those five questions. And some of them said afterwards, man, this was a great Bible study. Well, essentially what they did, we used those questions for them to help teach each other. It was phenomenal. So I, I back up what you say. Thank you. Yeah. What, what I discovered uh, was uh, with a, with this particular group that I, I led uh, several years ago was um, if, if you ask leading questions, they will talk about this, uh, these kind of things just naturally and normally. And it really does teach itself. So uh, I encourage you to use discussion questions uh, that we've provided for you. Good. Well, this is the end of our conversation about uh, after God's own heart. Uh, honor marriage. Thank you for listening today, and I hope that you will come back and be with us next week as we look at the last of the Ten Commandments together. 